What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Bleacher Banter Podcast presented by Bleacher Fan Sports. It's your host, Tommy Buns, here with Sully and Jones. And we've got a lot of NBA to talk this week. We'll talk some MLB, might get into some fight talk a little later on. Uh, But before that, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, go back and listen to that. We did our full fantasy football breakdown with uh, Hussein the Brain from Fantasy Couch. Super knowledgeable, super fun conversation with him. He's great. Second year in a row we've had him on. If you need pointers on how to play fantasy and how to win your league, go back and listen to that episode. It came out to about two hours. Tons of information for everything you can need on there, so make sure you go back and listen to that. But we're on to another week. We're back to our regularly scheduled programming. The NBA playoffs are here. Some good games so far. And uh, today, Tuesday on the day we're recording, the Magic just beat the one-seed Bucks by 12 points. 122 to 110 in game one of that series. Kind of a shocker. I really thought the Bucks were going to sweep that one. But the Magic seem like they're here to play. It's, it's they, they, interesting because the Bucks and the Lakers have not looked good all year. They, I mean, I mean, in the bubble, they have not looked good whatsoever. They came back down like 17, beat the Heat. The Heat didn't have Jimmy. They've lost a lot of games. They lost to the Nets. I know Giannis only played half the game, and Middleton only played half the game. But regardless, they got they they've lost a lot of bad games. I, I don't know what their record is exactly. I don't know if it's like four and five now, but it's it's hurting. I mean, they haven't looked good. The Lakers haven't looked good. Um, it doesn't shock me that much. I mean, granted, they were 13 point favorites. I didn't watch the whole game, but I mean. The guys you have out there for the Magic, I mean, besides Vucevic, I mean, Jonathan Isaac's out. You have this guy, Birch. You got Fultz. You have, like, I mean, Fournier's a good veteran, but you have a lot of, like, kind of no-name players. And to lose by 12, I mean, you saw Giannis, um, he head-butted, uh, who was it on the, it was the uh, the big white center. What's his name? Um, not Mozgov. What's the other guy? He, he head-butted the guy a few games ago, and oh, it just showed uh, his Wagner. frustration level. Wagner. Wagner, Wagner. It just, it was just so unnecessary. It just showed where his, where he's at as a leader, his, where his mind is at. I said it, I made a big fuss about it at the time, the chat. I'm like, that's not good. Like, you shouldn't be doing that when you're in first by a million games and you're struggling, because you're struggling against bad teams and not playing well. It's an issue. Like, Giannis in the playoffs is not Giannis in the regular season. And, um... This may be this. I think the series goes six. I think the Magic may get another one. And um, Middleton doesn't show up in the playoffs. I love Middleton. 90, 50, 40, 50, 90 this year. Doesn't show up in the playoffs. After that, I mean, what's the team? The Lopez twins, DiVincenzo, Pat Connaughton, um, Marvin Williams. I mean, what is their team? They after, don't have Bledsoe. Bledsoe. I mean, Bledsoe's good. Bledsoe is good. But Bledsoe's, Bledsoe's not the most consistent player. I mean, he's talented, and that's that's probably the third best player. But they don't have the best supporting cast, and it's somewhere to Lakers. So after the AD and LeBron, they don't have the best supporting cast whatsoever. And if especially those, after losing Rondo and Bradley, Rondo and Bradley, yeah. So I think this Bucks loss to Magic is something. I think, I think you know, I I, I have them losing in the second round to a team that I, I think I'm impartial to. Um, but, Didn't uh, Orlando do this last year too? They beat they beat Toronto in Game One of the first round last year too. Did they? It was Game One or two. They beat they they stole yeah. a game from Toronto in Toronto, and then they lost they in five, I think. But they they, they did, did win. Toronto Toronto's a different pedigree to me. Toronto's uh, veteran leadership, Lowry, Kawhi. They're uh, right now. I feel like with the Bucks, there's like no leadership. There's there's I mean, you have Giannis, obviously, who's a hard worker, but I feel like they, like, any, here's the thing. Here, Here's the best way to say it without rambling on for a while. What Mike Budenholzer team as a one seed do you take serious? None. I mean, no, no, certainly yeah. not his teams in Atlanta. Last year, up 2-0, lose four straight. The Atlanta team was a complete joke. I mean, they had Corver, they had some nice pieces, but it was 
a weak year. Last year, I mean, this year, they set in records left and right for point differential. I don't have them going to the finals. Um, you know, I mean, clearly, I, you know, I, they, they might they might not make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. So, I don't know. I'm not saying it's Budenholzer's fault. Uh, I'm just saying I think he's got he gets these phony one seeds that don't perform well in the playoffs, and I think they're in trouble. I think they're in trouble. They're I'm, they're not going to lose the series, but I think they're in trouble. They very well could be. I mean, they didn't look great, and everything you talked about is signs aren't good. You know, it's not like we're sitting here saying that Giannis headbutting and all this stuff is is really one singular thing is a is some major indicator. But when you when you put a bunch of pennies together, eventually they make a dollar. You know, yeah. so I just didn't get the headbutt too. It's like you're playing you're playing Washington. And it's like the end of the year. It's like, you should be happy. You should be rolling to the sunset. And that's what Colin was like, Coward was saying, like, I'm not worried about the Clippers and Bucks, just the Lakers. And I'm like, that's where he's got a little, like, it fits his narrative. I'm like, well, I'd, I'd be worried about the Bucks. The Clippers, no. The Clippers just didn't care at the regular season. There's a difference. Like, oh, when yeah. you're not caring, like, you, like, they just didn't give a shit. Like, you don't headbutt someone mid-game if you're not emotional or don't care about the, like, like, Giannis plays hard. Giannis is always playing hard. Giannis is never going 50%. It's like Russell Westbrook. They're always giving it their all. Like, if they're out there, they're competing. So, I have Bucks in six. I don't know about you guys. We might as well make predictions as we go. I have Bucks in six. I don't I mean, uh, just to be different, I'll take the Bucks in five. Hope saying this wakes them up and kind of, you know, rocks the ship a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you'd hope. Tommy, what do you have? Bucks in the series, yeah. Bucks and seven. I think, Bucks I think and the, seven. I think the way the, the Magic played, you know, I, I didn't watch the game, but seeing that, seeing a 12-point win game one, like you said, Giannis's head, where's that at? They have other problems, you know, Middleton not showing up, the Bledsoe issue. I think it's uh, I think it's going to be a long series, which I like to see coming from a Celtics fan. Let's push the Bucks as far as we can until that Eastern Conference Finals puts the Celtics in a way better position if they can end up getting there. Whoa, so whoa, whoa, Tommy's getting ahead of himself. There oh, I am. Runs. Speaking of speaking of the Celtics, though, uh, they won the first game. Tatum went off for 32. Uh, fantastic performance by him and the rest of the team. Unfortunately, Gordon Hayward out with an injury for four weeks. Uh, it's going to be tough. Hayward's a big part of this offense. He kind of keeps things going. He's definitely not a... Uh, not the the star on this team by any means. I mean, I put three guys ahead of him, but he's definitely a good, uh, important piece of the Celtics, and it's going to be tough without him there. Um, but I still think the Celtics get it done in this series. Maybe the Sixers win one game, um, if that. So I say Celtics in five. Um, at worst, if they don't sweep, I thought they looked really good against the Sixers. Um, Embiid played a great game, and that kept them in it. But other than that, I mean, no Simmons. It's going to be tough for Embiid to carry this team. Uh, yeah, I really think the Celtics get it done. And then, you know, next round's going to be no cakewalk, no matter who they have to play. It's not going to be easy. Let's, let's pump the brakes, Tommy. Let's pump the brakes. <laughs> I think this changes things. I So Gordon Hayward, his bread and butter has been the mid-range. Mid off the dribble, you know, you know, certain these these fadeaways, whatever. I mean, not that Tatum can't. Tatum can do that as well. Brown is more of a slasher and shooting a great three point shot right now. Tice has been huge. When my problem with Embiid is, you look at the stat sheet and like, like he didn't play terrible, but I just where is the dog in him? Like he's he's not he's Marcus Smart is guarding him. He's not calling for the ball late in the game. He looks tired. He's haunched over. His body language is terrible. I mean, he's just not being a leader. Like, he's getting his, you know, he's getting his 26 and 15 on the stats. It looks good. But he needs to give you 35 and 15 to 20 against Daniel Tice, who's very, very good defender. But nonetheless, you need to be calling for the ball and backing him down and make forcing a double team and using his passing abilities and kicking out. He called himself out after the game. He said, I need to be better. I mean, Simmons is out. Like, Simmons is out right now. I think we all know the writing's on the wall. Simmons and Embiid does not work. So here's your time to put the stake in the ground and say, this is my team. Or, you know, if you get swept or losing five, like, like you know, like Tom Tom thinks, you know, then you may be getting shipped out for a huge for a huge ransom. So I think it definitely adds a different layer. 
Uh, getting rid of Hayward. Um, and Hayward's a decent defender as well. Um, I think Harris will be better. Um, and I think Embiid will have a one or two games he goes off. So for my prediction is Celtics in six. Celtics still should be the favorite for sure. Um, but I, my prediction is Celtics in six. I'm going Celtics in five here. I just think that the Philly, like you said, the body language of them beat. I feel like that's just so symbolic of the team they've been the last like three or four years. And even when they had someone like Jimmy in house to kind of challenge that or change that players weren't responding to it. But he was, you know, there was clearly some bad blood when he left Philadelphia. He's never really discussed it, but he has acknowledged that there was a reason he left Philadelphia. He said that Jimmy much. was the best player in the playoffs last year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, he, he, he carried the team. And let's forget, I mean, they did play very well in the playoffs last year. If that shot doesn't go in by Kawhi, obviously, you know, who knows? They go to overtime. They may have, you know, Raptors may not be the champions, and they maybe go on to the, they go into the Eastern Conference Finals being the Sixers. So last year was really their year, and that really, like, I mean, you know, it's just like, it, it's kind of like the Rockets. It's like their their ship has just passed. Like, yeah. It but seems they like, I mean, like every team like that, they never realize it. They always think they're they're right there and they can come back if you know one thing falls their way but well, unlike the rockets they got two immense trade pieces value wise i mean you can still get a lot for simmons and you could still get up and you could get even more for Embiid. i think oh i mean both of them are returning a star player a young player and at least and one draft. first round pick yeah yeah but ever, but the longer you hold on to simmons though it's more it's like it just decays like his value because he just isn't getting better yeah, defensively no, I, he's great. Defensively, yeah, Simmons is great. Don't get me wrong, and that's where Tatum struggled against them um, in the regular season. He was only putting up 19.3 per game on like 39% shooting. But now they actually, um, what's his name on the Sixers? Uh, it's a weird last name. He was playing. He was the lanky defender. Um, Thibel. Th- yes, yes, he was playing yeah. very good defense. He was, he was, he was doing as well as you can on Tatum. Tatum was just. I'm better yeah, than he's you. A great great offense. Tatum is, he's my dark horse for the, you know, for the MVP next year. He's terrific. It, it's going to be, uh, I, the only reason I say it's not going to be that big of a difference without Hayward is, I mean, points wise, he's good for like 10 to 14 a game. Last game, Marcus Martin only had two points. He's going to get more looks. He's become a much better shooter than he has in past years. Marcus Smart, he attacks the rim a lot more. I don't think it's going to make that so big of a difference who's, from an Who's off. going to fill in for him, though? Because they're going to lose I think so it much. moves. I think it moves It moves smart into the starting lineup at the two, and then you bump uh, Jalen to the three. The Celtics' problem is bench scoring. They don't have anyone that can yeah, consistently no, score off have, the bench. Yeah, yeah. really. You I got Robin Williams, Robert Williams. You got, yeah. you know. Their second unit is struggling. If they don't have a good night from Tatum, Brown, and Kemba now— I mean, they're they're done yeah. for. They're, they're not winning which the I game. Mean, which I mean, you saw last night: Tatum thirty-two, Brown twenty-nine, and Kemba nineteen. So it's yeah. like, and I'm not saying they can't do that, but there's yeah. now no there's now no room for error. Yeah. No, there's really not. They're gonna yeah, it's kind of like you had those four guys, and you have Tice, who is in a anything Tice give you is extra, and then Smart was always the guy off the bench. So now you know who's who's playing with the bench now. Is it? Um, you know, they're going to have to stagger their minutes a little bit, I think. Yeah, because you look, I think uh, Cantor played like 10 minutes last game. So he's basically like not a factor guy who at could all. Give you, who could put points on the board, but he can't manufacture offense. And that's no, the problem. No. And you can't, he can't defend really. Like, he can't defend yeah. Embiid. Like Tyson's no, no. way better defensively, even though he's smaller than um, Cantor. It scares me, and it's a good sign in one way that Tatum led the team in rebounds yesterday with 13 because it means, one, that he's following his shots and he's attacking the rim and getting second-chance points. and then But it sucks that your fucking almost seven-foot-tall big guy Tice is pulling down, like, five boards. It's not really a, <laughs> a good sign there. But, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. I think this series... I'm not worried about the Sixers, but next round is definitely going to be a test, no next matter round, who it is. They'll be playing Toronto. Yeah, um, so that'll be that'll be that's, that's a series. That's a series I see going seven games. It's not going to be a cakewalk for either. Well, well team. what do you have Toronto the Nets series going? 
The Nets played great. The Nets played him. I'll tell you, I like this Vaughn guy, the, the their coach. They were within eight points in the fourth quarter. They were down 33 at one point. I still have Toronto in four. But yeah, well, I have Toronto is, walk I love what that. I'm seeing yeah. the Nets. I mean, the Nets have no one right now. The Nets yeah. are down everyone. I mean, I mean, it's just it's crazy to me that they're, they're they're like they just play so hard. It shows you if you play like I see these guys, they're sprinting on every single play. Like if you play good defense, if you run, if you stay in front of your man, if you you know die for loose balls, like you can stay in games against quality teams. And the Nets are an example of that. I mean, the Nets almost, Nets almost beat Portland in that. Um, last game of the season, and you know which would have bumped the Suns into it. So in the playoffs, all, all anti-Kyrie characteristics. <laughs> but I mean, I can't. Toronto, can't wait. Do we all have Toronto in four? Do we? Does anyone think the Nets yeah. get a game? No, no. I can't I wait think... till till Kyrie uh, forces them to hire Ty Lue next year. Oh man! So the thing with Toronto <laughs> is they Toronto always comes to play. They respond really well to Nick Nurse. They. Nick Nurse is a great coach. Yeah, he I really mean, is. I mean, people got on because he's like, oh, he's using the box and one. He's using the box and one. He's, you know, but hey, it worked. You know, pulling out just because you're doing something elementary doesn't mean it's not, he's not a good coach. And he, he I heard an interview with him with Colin, with, uh, Colin, and he was saying, like, what do you say to them before games? He goes, I don't really say much to them because I think the more you talk, the, the, like, the drier your message becomes. He's like, you know, I let the players talk. I let my assistants talk. I let my assistants do a lot of the game work, game plan work. He's like, not to say that I, you know, he's just giving credit to the team. And really, he lets, like, new voices in. And so it's a fresh voice always. Like, so he's not just, you know, it's not Jason Garrett on the sidelines. All right, let's go. You know, pumping his fists and clapping, you know. And it's the, and it's the same shit, like, with Jason Garrett. Just It just clearly the voice got old. But I don't know. I like Nick Nurse a lot. I like the Raptors go very, very far. Uh, right now, I think they're my. I think I'd pick them um, to be my Eastern Conference Finals uh, team as of now. They're my. They're my team. Um, it's I a just somewhat bold pick, but they've been it, playing it fantastic. But they've, they've just yeah. went over to the radar for so long. Like they had a better year statistically this year than last year. They can win without. Lowry, Siakam's taking the next step. OG Ananubi is one of my favorite young players. Norman Powell, um, Van Vliet. They have this. They, yeah, Van Vliet has really stepped it up. Jones was a little, little, little off with Siakam and Van Vliet. <laughs> I didn't hate Siakam. I, I Van Vliet. I mean, Van Vliet. Know, Van Vliet's really. It's not up. like Van Vliet is. I mean, he's been great, but he's not a star. He's a he's a really fantastic role player. He's not a star. What is he? He probably put up what eighteen this year, though. I mean, the thing is, they have yeah. so many guys that can. They have like four guys that like they have Siakam. You got uh, what you, you got Siakam. You have I just I just Lowry, um, Ananubi's stepped up stepped up big time. You guys saw Marcus Sol lost weight. He looks great. Marcus Sol isn't gonna give you the numbers, but you know he's not gonna give you the, you know, the volume of scoring, but he can rebound. He can pass. You know. <laughs> I just I think they play such team ball. I think they play so hard. Lowry, obviously, you know you're getting leading league in charges, and I think I think they're. I will not be surprised at all if they represent the East. No, now, it's not insane. I mean, like, what else, who else are you gonna? Who else is really in the conversation? The Bucks well, are there because four, by I default. I think there's four teams in my opinion. I think it's the Bucks, Toronto, uh, Boston, and Miami. I think all those four teams have a conceivable chance to represent the rent represent the east and i say that for the heat is because the heat are two and one against the bucks heat are two and one against toronto and i don't know their record against the celtics i think it might be two and two but or i'm not sure exactly but i know they did beat them pretty pretty handily in the bubble um that's kind of the last series in in the east they just the heat just wrapped up and beat the pacers by 10 uh, not the best performance, but they they played well. Oladipo missed some time with a poked eye. Um, Duncan Robinson just couldn't shoot the ball today, and we won. We but we had Miami. This is a this is a Spolster stat. Miami had one turnover in the second half. One. Like that's crazy. I mean, you, you know, we didn't shoot well today, but you're not gonna you're not gonna lose many. We didn't play great defense really until the fourth quarter, where we outscored them by uh, nine. But 
I think, you know, I think the Heat are, I think people are going to sleeping on the Heat. They can defend, they can coach, they can shoot. Um, I have the Heat in five against the Pacers. Easily could go six, though. The Pacers are no joke. I was going to say, I have, I have Heat in six in that one. I, I, I totally I mean, get Do you it. like the Heat? Do you like the Heat more than the Celtics now, post Hayward injury? Well, I, I, they're not going to. Well, the thing is, they're not going to overlap. If they did overlap, it'd be in the conference finals. And I think Hayward would be back by then. So, um, like, the Heat would play the Bucks because they're the fourth. They're the five. So, the Heat would play the Bucks, who I do like the Heat against the Bucks. Um, for, and, and for the reason I like the Heat against the Bucks is the Bucks give up the most three point shots in the NBA. They, they, they say, shoot the ball out there. You know, they clog the paint with the Lopez's and Giannis. And Miami Heat is the best three-point shooting team in regards of makes makes per game. So I just think it bodes totally into Miami's hands, and it has in the regular season. Um, so, I mean, Heat, Heat Celtics, I'd probably lean Celtics. And that, that would be in the conference finals, though, you know? So, they, the, yeah. you know, because they put the Celtics would play the Raptors in, round, in the uh, conference semis. So I don't think that, you know— it's possible they could reach each other, but I, I also have the Raptors beating the Celtics in the second round. Was the uh, Hayward was the Hayward injury on the same ankle? That that I don't think had the so. terrible one. No, I don't think so. The other ankle, so. grade two, four weeks they say. Um, grade three. I just didn't. Grade three. I didn't get it. Sham, Sham said it was. I, grade heard, three. I, I saw two on an, on a thing, and I I read three originally. Um, but I, I heard Doris Burke and the announcer. They were like, "Yeah, hopefully he's fine tomorrow." I'm like. Are you kidding me? I'm like, with this guy's ankle, like any NBA player's ankles are terrible, first of all. You don't just, yeah. like if you roll your ankle, okay, but if you sprain your ankle and you leave the game, you're not coming in for the next game unless it's like also game Also a guy who, also you're watching him like barely be able to walk off the court. Yeah, I mean, you're just like, yeah, he, yeah like he, like, I just don't, like Doris Burke is brilliant, but I'm just like, what? I'm like, he's not, I'm like, he's, he's not playing for a week minimum. Like, yeah, at least. And especially a team against like the Sixers where they can handle them. But yeah, I think those are the only four teams. I mean, people, you guys may have different opinions. Some people don't think the Heat are contenders. I think those four teams can come out of the East. It's not. I mean, yeah, yeah I don't think. I don't think you could argue anyone else. But I don't um, think. Like, I don't think the Pacers can. I mean, the Pacers don't have Sabonis. If the Pacers had Sabonis with Oladipo and the way Warren is playing, with uh, you know, with that group, I mean. They would be way different. I would feel way different about them and Miles Turner. But without Sabonis, um, you know, I don't. I don't see the Pacers as a real threat. Um, let's talk Western Conference. Had some good games so far. We had the uh, the Jazz and Nuggets go to OT. Donovan Mitchell dropped fifty-seven. Kind that of game was great. Crazy game, kind of crazy when you drop 57 and your team loses. <laughs> um, I was I was I freaking that, out. I was texting every five minutes and every 30 seconds in the chat. I'm just like, Murray, Mitchell, Murray, Mitchell. It was just literally, I don't know if anyone read it. It was just like, it was literally just, I'm like, Murray ties it. Mitchell takes the lead. Murray, it was just, it was, a, it was a great game, but it's so deflating when you're player scores best player scores 57 and you lose i mean they're without bogdanovich because he had surgery and then without conley because he's having the for the birth of his son and he's got a quarantine when he's back so he'll be out the whole series i just and I also you got to deal with you got to deal with mitchell with you know has got to live through that bonehead play he made the half court uh eight second violation oh, that was so bad that was yeah. i mean it's i don't I mean you have a chance to go up you have a chance to go up two possession, you know, five or six with what was yeah. there, like 40 seconds to play or something like that? Uh, a little more. I think it was like a minute 40 or minute 50, but I think they oh, were up. a minute 40, okay. Yeah, they were, they, were, they were up three, and Mitchell just walks the ball up. You never see eight-second violations, really, in the in the NBA. I just, I've never seen it personally under two minutes. I don't think I've ever seen when, well, when it wasn't forced, when it wasn't forced, when it wasn't, you know, when you're, yeah, when you're pressuring full oh. court. It wasn't technically like eight seconds, right? Because didn't the ball get tipped out of bounds? So it was all, the shot clock when he inbounded it was already at like 22 seconds. So that's why he got – he didn't like – his mental clock didn't realize it. I know he didn't have like – it didn't go from 24 I, I to didn't. I didn't pick that up or 16. realize that. I honestly didn't pick that. It, that might yeah, be it was the only, case. There was only 22 seconds on the clock, on the shot clock when that he started. That would make a little more sense then. Um, but, yeah, I mean it was definitely regardless a boneheaded move. 
And I mean, I'm sure he's not beating himself up that much because that didn't because the game did go to overtime. The game did go to overtime and they ended up losing by 10 because uh, Murray and Jokic took over. Um, Murray yeah, really after that play, it. Murray came back and hit two back to back threes on on two possessions. No, he did. Murray was Murray was Murray struggled in the first in the first quarter. He had a great second and great fourth quarter. Um, and and the thing too is MPJ Michael Porter Jr., who I am loving, did not play well defensively. He was a liability, and he just didn't shoot well. He shot. He made his first couple threes. And something that I think you'll see in this series is they put Jeremy Grant, who I love right now, the way he's shooting threes and defending the athleticism. They put the lankier Jeremy Grant on him, on Mitchell, because, you know, Grant is, you know, 6'9", 6'10". He can guard out there. He's got the length to stay with him. I mean, not the quickness, not the quickness of Mitchell, obviously, but it, it seemed to work better. Maybe he was tired, but it seemed to work a little better. So I think you're going to see a little more of Jeremy Grant on him rather than, you know, MPJ and... Uh, and Troy Craig battles. He just fouls a lot on the on on uh, jump shooters. That was his issue. But I have the I have Denver in five. I think this is. I think they're going to be really close games. But I I, I do think I do think Denver is going to just be able to pull these games out at the end. If they're if I think there will be one like probably one blowout by Denver. But yeah, I like Denver in five as well. Yeah, I agree with that. It's what about it would be a great long series. Like it'd be like, oh, these games. It was so fun to watch, but it sucks because Utah is one of like the best home court advantages in the country. Yeah, too. that's true. That's very true. Same with like Toronto. Like that that hurts teams like that because because the thing with Utah is it's always it's the same it's the same thing. How are they going to score enough points? They get Bogdanovich. They get Conley. Like oh, there are your points. Those guys are gone. They had some guy uh, starting like for the first time ever. You know. They have Ingles as, like, their second-leading scorer now, and Gobert. It's just—it it might not be pretty. Yeah, it's going to be a—it's going to be a quick series, I think. What about the um, Lakers Trailblazers? Blazers fought tooth and nail to get this playoff spot. Dame, the unanimous bubble MVP. You think they're going to be able to pull this off, or are the Lakers going to be too much for them? Game one's going to be a huge indicator. You know, I yeah. think it's 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 going to be a lot like that, uh, you know, the Cavs series when JR, you know, messed up the clock against the Warriors in the finals. If they can steal game one, that's going to change the whole dynamic of the series. But I don't know if you guys notice over the coverage over the last week, they've they're already prepping LeBron coverage for either way. They're already saying how how you know this one seed is the toughest ever. The the one seed doesn't really matter that much this year. Blah blah blah. So if he wins, it's going to be some incredible accomplishment that that he pulled off the he beat an eight seed in the first round. But if he loses, it's going to be oh my god, he had to deal with the toughest eight seed ever. Jordan never had to deal with that. They've already they've yeah. already they've already written the narrative ESPN and Bleacher Report. It's already it happened. Very, over the last I mean, I would say it is weeks. a very tough 18, even though it wouldn't indicate record wise. But because the thing is, you, this team, the Blazers, they made it to the Western Conference Finals last year, regardless if they got swept by one of the better teams, you know, in this era. You know, this is this pretty, a, a similar team of main piece wise, you know, when you were to Collins, Nurkic, uh, McCollum. And Lillard, and you know they they lost some you know the Mo Harklesses, you know the the Shabazzes, and you know they I just I mean Gary Trent Jr. is just lighting it up from three. He's really turning to a good role player for them. And um, Mello is oh my god, Mello's so clutch at the end of games. I'm loving Mello. Mello. Looks like Twenty seven year old Mello. This is yeah. I've never enjoyed watching Mello more than now. He seems happy. He seems content. He seems. Everything they said he wasn't wouldn't be ball hog. He's playing defense pretty well for honestly for his age. He's he's sharing the ball. He's making shots. Um, he's as skinny as ever. Um, he's just he's just killing it. He's he knows what his role is. CJ has like a broken vertebrae or backbone, but he scored twenty five and twenty nine his last two. So I I guess that's doesn't, not an issue. I don't know. Doesn't make sense. I, yeah, I, I, I don't understand how this works. To me, a broken back is I can't you you can't walk like anymore. Matt Stafford broken back like <laughs> yeah, I'm out for the year. Um, yeah. So I I just read Raja Rondo's cleared to return, but he's not expected to play game one. So that is big for them. If he plays week t- game two or three, that is big for the Lakers. Um, 
Another, another my point is, even if you even if you take that Blazers team from last year, even if this Blazers team is a three or a four seed going, let's say it's, you know, in the third round, they're playing the Blazers. No one's taken the Blazers to win the series. Everyone's still taking the Lakers to win the series handily. Well, so to say it just because it's an eight seed, it's like, OK, well, I think, it, well, I think it doesn't change anything. It's how bad the Lakers looked at last in points per game in the bubble, the last in three point percentage, the last in field goal percentage with LeBron and A.D. So. Uh, no, I agree that, but that's what I'm saying. Call a spade a spade. Stop saying it's some like incredibly tough matchup. Well, Call well, a spade a, a spade. The Lakers, the combination. The Lakers, the Lakers are Lakers playing are bad too right now. The Lakers are not playing well right now. I mean, playoff LeBron. I'm sure he's going to elevate people. Although he hasn't impressed, he's been okay. He hasn't wowed me. And then I thought Collins got injured, but he's not as important as Nurkic. Nurkic is playing incredible. I love big, huge Nurkic fan. Um, his grandmother passed away, so. They'll be playing hard for him uh, from COVID, actually. So, you know, I mean, see, those guys always play hard. Dame is literally, Dame is the best player on the planet right now. I don't care what anyone says. He is. 51.3 yeah. over the last three games. And it's like an efficient 51. It's not like a James Harden 51. It's, you know, it's uh, it's insane. I mean, loving, just loving Dame right now. I, I mean, I don't know how people don't love Dame's game. Like, how is he not, like, one of your favorite players in the league? I don't know. I mean, I, I really no, wanted I, to pick the Blazers in this, but I guess I'll go Lakers in seven. If yeah. Rondo, Rondo's a difference maker for me. Rondo's a huge difference maker for me, honestly. Like, if Rondo was out the whole series, I probably was going to take the Blazers, as crazy as that sounds, because their supporting cast is not good. And after AD, it's Kuzma, Caruso, JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard. And if LeBron isn't elevating those guys to elite, like, Way above, uh, none of those guys scream anything to me. Of course not. Um, you know, I mean, I, Kuzma's I, the only guy that's like he's inconsistently good every two games, three games. But yeah, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little bit of a stipulation. If the if the Blazers win Game One, I'm taking the Blazers in seven. I I agree with that. I agree with that. If not, if the you Blazers, have if the Blazers, yes, and if the Blazers lose Game One, I have Lakers in six. I agree with that. Yeah, I I go with uh I side with Dave there. I think that is definitely game one is the biggest game of this series. So it determines it would be how such a blow. it'd be such a blow to like life. Especially if Dame goes like if Dame has, you know, forty six thirteen and he's outplays LeBron. Yeah, exactly. If he goes like, off it would hurt LeBron's ego too. Like it'll just like LeBron the first round is like <laughs> the most automatic thing ever. Like LeBron the first round it's like you know, they're like, oh, maybe this can do it. And it's like, nope, sweep, 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 sweep. Just let me broom up your, you know, clean up your floors for you. Hey, I'm and I'm obviously a LeBron fan. And I'm just like, I feel like people are like, no, you're crazy. But I'm like, don't underestimate this Portland team coming together, gaining pieces at the right time, gaining momentum. And the Lakers losing players like Bradley. I mean, losing a 3 and D player on a team like that, struggling how to score. That's the thing for me is. Lakers and Danny Green's been playing score. like trash too. Who? He's their other th- yep. Danny Green. He's their other three and D guy. Danny he's been Green playing terrible. Well, no, that's the thing is the what the Blazers do great, the Lakers don't do well. Like like Lake. I mean, it's no secret Blazers don't defend, but they score like in like rapid fire, and the Lakers can't really score that much. So they're gonna be these gonna be probably high scoring games I'm sure the Lakers efficiency will be better because of the ineptitude of the blazers to defend because there's no real who's gonna guard LeBron honestly is it gonna be Carmelo I guess it will be is it gonna be McCollum I, I mean I feel like Car- they'll probably put him put Carmelo on him at, at very least at times because they have such a history that Car- he knows Carmelo, him well. it, he knows him well and if Carmelo's gonna get up on defense for anyone, it's going to be LeBron. It's going to be LeBron, yeah. Well, I'm sure. I'm. Sure, I would. Would is that who's the other one you'd think would be CJ? I mean, are you going to put broken back guy on LeBron? <laughs> broken back. I mean, who's that? Who's another? Who's another I mean, wing? He might can... turn. He might legitimately turn him into Christopher Reeves if if he pl- dunks on him or something. Oh jeez. I I I just. I mean, you can't put Dame on him. You can't put Nurk on him. Um. I'm just trying to think who's who's like because like you know a Mo Harkless would be a guy you could put on LeBron an athletic wing you know you want those lanky type of wings or a Jay Crowder type of 
I just don't. Let me look through there. That's what you need. You need a guy who, you need a guy who can, who's athletic, but can completely, you can you get by with completely sacrificing his offensive game. Mario Azonja, Wayne no, Gabriel, no. Gary Trent, none of those, Zach Collins, none of those. It's going to be CJ. There's no other guy. It's CJ and Mello. Whiteside? No. There's, there's just no one. They don't have, they don't have that athletic wing. I mean, you think they're going to play LeBron at point? Because then it, it'll be Dame. Why? Why wouldn't they? I mean, they have he, LeBron played plenty of point guard this the, this year and the last two yeah, years. I mean, I mean, you got if you're the you know if you're the Blazers, you got to switch out of that real. I mean, you got to like have someone else pick. You got to have Dame. I mean, Lillard's just too small. Yeah, you got that's oh, fair. But like, yeah. are you gonna if he's too small, sag off on him, make LeBron beat you with a jump shot? And if you want to, if you want to take him to the hole, you have plenty of rim protection. Or, I mean, or you could just take it as a full head of steam and. I know, know, but there's plenty of protection behind Dame. That's what I'm saying. They don't have problem with rim protection. That's true. That is true. They have they have Whiteside down low and 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 Nurk. I mean, is that? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it'll work sometimes, just letting LeBron shoot. But sometimes is all they need. You know, if you can, that team is can score. Yeah, I guess if you can score at the clip, it's this. You know, it's kind of with it was like with the Cavs. Like if you held LeBron to like. You know, 29, it was game over. Yeah. And LeBron had a couple games under 20 this this bubble. He had like 17, 18 points a few nights. He was looking real weak in the beginning, and then the last four or five, he started to pick it up efficiency-wise. And uh, But, no, I haven't been blown away. I haven't been blown away. Um, yeah, I agree, I agree, though. I think it's going to be re- the best series to watch, though. Funnest series is, to watch. Is he doing zero, dark, 35, 6, 23, I, maybe Yeah, probably not. Not in the bubble. No way. Um, <laughs> let's, bubble. let's talk about the other L.A. team, though. Uh, Clippers and Mavs. The Clippers ended up beating the Mavs today. Uh, Luka went off for 42, and the Mavs lost. Um, he did have 13 turnovers. So that is a big factor. I expect him to clean that up. 13 turnovers? Yeah, not good. Not good. 13 turnovers. So uh, That's a weakness of Luka. He, he's turned the ball over a lot this year. I think he averages like five or six a game. Yeah, so he's definitely going to – I see him cutting back on that. I don't see him having 13 I do, I do turnovers well. a game. I mean, KP got, but, got those tees. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Beverly was, was hounding bullshit. him. That was such bullshit. Oh, yeah. The, the Przingis technicals are – it's atrocious. Has that been a thing in like New York too? Like, have like refs been out for him, or is this just like just like bad luck? No, I I don't I don't ever remember that being a narrative. Um, yeah. He also didn't get te- teed up that much, you know. And also, yeah. I mean, it, it's it sucks to say, but you, he's also not he wasn't in that many situations like okay, who's yeah. getting yeah who's getting in a fight down seventeen in the fourth, you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Luca only had 11 turnovers today. I mean, still, but it's still crazy. Correction there. Still double-digit turnovers, not great. I mean, they um, were up, I believe, seven before, you know, before uh, when when Paul George name? went he off. He was ejected. Who? Paul George went off. Paul George had a great game. Yeah. And Kawhi had nine, so mean, it's like it's going to be tough to beat a team that has two guys that can score like that. Yeah, it is. But if you have KP yeah. for full four quarters, I mean, you know, that that's gonna lower. That's naturally gonna lower Luca's uh, volume and load, and you know, it's just gonna. It, that's gonna help his turnovers because he's not gonna. I know KP's not a ball handler, but it's gonna be more time where he, you know, he's playing off ball where he doesn't have to dribble the ball, and it's just him and you know, Dave's friend from New York who he loves, yeah. Hardaway. Yeah. Um, but I, I actually <laughs> Timmy toss it up. Spicy pick. I'm gonna say Clippers in six. I'm gonna say there's gonna be at least one game where the duo. I think the duo on the Mavs outperforms the duo on the Clippers. Um, at least one game. I think there's gonna be another game like like yesterday where um, where I mean it could just be Luca playing tremendous and the Clippers don't get up. I mean the the Clippers last year they got up for everything. Towards the end of the year they didn't. They look towards the end of the year. They looked a little sleepy. They looked like they didn't care. Um, defensively, Dallas has some deficits for sure. But I'm gonna, you know, it very well may be five, but uh, I'll go Clippers in six. Just you know, 
Yeah, I'm going to go Clippers in five. I think, uh, I mean, along the same lines as you, I think I think there's one game where Luke and KP just kind of will them to a win. Um, but outside of that, I don't. I don't see it happening. I think the Clippers know how to get under people's skin. I think Dallas is not mature enough of a team uh, to handle that type of stuff. You know, KP, Luca's new to this. He's also not really like a fighter type guy. He's not Luke really is a new, but he's guy. also played for huge games in his life. In I Europe. agree. I know yes. It's not the same, but. Yes. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think mentally they're they're there to be able to really handle the. The, the grind, heckling, yeah, the grind and heckling and all that stuff that comes along with playing the Clippers, um, because I think they're really going to turn that up now that we're in the yeah. playoffs. But do you think um, it helps the young players at all in the bubble? I kind of think it does. That there's not travel, there's not uh, all this media, there's not fans on the road. I think it's a little less in. It's not you know less intense on the court, but it's 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 less to deal with for a young player. I think it's just basketball. I, I, yeah, I, I agree to an extent. There's a lot less maybe fanfare, but it's also the flip side is you can never really escape basketball. You know, like so if you have a tough game or or you're you know you get in a beef with a player, like you walk out in the hallway and they're right there. You walk to your room and they're you know at the pool. You know, <laughs> they're right there. Yeah. You can't really escape that. You know what Jamal Murray posted the video. He walked out of the arena and Donovan Mitchell's sitting at the table. He's like, this guy just dropped. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Now he's sitting at the table outside. You know, so I think there's definitely it's all about. I think it's a person to person thing. And you know, there's definitely less fanfare and, and you know, obviously no fans, but. Um, I think there's another there's the other angle is you, you can't really escape the basketball. So if, if you're looking to kind of clear your mind for the night, it's pretty impossible to do, you know. Um, so we'll see. But I, I don't know. I think I, I don't think Dallas has it. It's not their year yet. They don't have good enough of a supporting cast. Um, yeah, not not for me this year. And Luke yeah, is like, I think my, that's uh, my like, problem with them all years. The supporting cast like Hardaway is your three. It's not – you need another guy. Like Hardaway is your four when you have a really good three. I'm cool with that, but they need they need another guy. And then uh, I think we'll probably all be in agreement on this, especially with how the first game is going right now. And, oh, I have uh, Clippers in five as well. But um, we'll talk the um, Rockets OKC <clears throat> real quick. I mean the Rockets are up 35 to 20 right now in the second quarter. Um, without Russ, uh, I almost said Russbrook. Without Russ and Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think that's going to be a pretty quick series. I think maybe five games. Um, I don't think that Chris Paul is going to be able to carry that team pretty much by himself. Um, and Harden's going to do Harden through the first round at least. You know, even even if Russ is out for, he's not supposed to be out for the series. I don't think, but two or three games. If, I think. Yeah, three. if he's. Even if he is, I think Harden is enough to lead that team through the first round in pretty, pretty easy fashion. Are you suggesting to me a team is playing better without Russell Westbrook? No, <laughs> I, I don't. No believe way. It. I know. There's no way. There's that no could way that could happen. No, Russ. Russ was playing very well. Even Dave will admit he was playing very well before the. Uh, he was trying to figure his own. Not that the Rockets looked that great. They weren't looking great in the bubble. I have the Rockets in six. Honestly, if I didn't see this 37-20 meltdown right now, uh, I don't want to be a prisoner in the moment. I was very up in the air on the series. I was very, like, game seven, honestly. Uh, I don't know. The Thunder have a – they have a lot of underrated players. Um, like The Steve Adams, big verse, you know, how's that going to work out? Him guarding the three, but also who's going to defend him down low? Shea Gilgis-Alexander, I love um, – Chris Paul's been terrific. Who's their Who's their other big guy? I'm trying to think. Oh, Danilo has been really good. They're not a sexy team at all, but they actually beat the Rockets two out of three games in the regular season. Um, but I think Rockets in six. I think it may be. I think it's going to be closer than as early this game is indicating here. What do you think, Dave? The this game, the game that's happening right now. No, the series. Oh, um, yeah, I think I think OKC gets two. Yeah, so six, yeah. 
Yeah. All right, so we're all we're all at least in agreement that the Rockets are yeah, going to win yeah. that series. I mean, um, but yeah, no playoffs are going to be great. It's exciting to have uh, playoff sports back. That is that is fantastic. A couple months later than we inspe- expected, but nonetheless, good to have it back. And then we have uh, baseball uh, moving along. Nothing really too exciting Wait, going we on. We just make our picks real quick for the uh, for the finals. Oh yeah, yeah. You Sorry to uh, interrupt your segue. But I just want to, you know, just before we get into it, I want, you know, I'll just throw mine out. I have Raptors, Clippers, and, uh, yeah, I'm going to have the Raptors winning it all. Yeah, there I said it. Oof. Oof. I am going to go home or pick. I think that the Celtics have a really good chance of getting there this year. This is the best chance they've had in other years, and I've been really optimistic before. They've been close. They've gotten to that conference finals several times. They, they've been very, very close, but I think this is the year they go over the edge. Um, I think the East is going to be pretty competitive amongst itself, and I'm going to take – I think I'm also going to take the Clippers out of the West. I think the Lakers are going to have a tough time this first series. It's not going to bode well for them down the line. You've got an older LeBron. You've got um, you know, a banged-up Rondo who – let's see if he can stay healthy. It's going to be tough for them, so I'm going to take the Clippers – and I think that the uh, Celtics will get it done. I think that they'll. Uh, it'll be a hard series. Both teams are going to have a tough time getting there. But I think that it'll be a seven-game series in the finals, and the Celtics will somehow get it done, especially oh, if Hayward comes back. Oh, I told you I was making a homer pick. I told you, but. Dave's deep in thought on this one. Um, I think they're going just in the second round, but just saying, we'll see. We'll see. I'll, I mean, I'm taking the Clippers to win it all. That's for sure. Uh, who they play. Uh, I mean, I don't, I really don't hate the Raptors pick now that, now that, uh, Hayward's out. I don't know, you know, four weeks is four weeks. That's what he's scheduled for, but. I mean, Mr. Glass Ankles over here, we don't know. He may never suit up again. So Well, we could uh, put him out of the Raptor series or like game seven, it would Yeah. Um I I'll go I'll go Clippers over Raptors. Clippers and six over Raptors. I got Raptors in seven. I it's kind of hard to make that pick, but I, I I am the little that'd be an interesting matchup though Kawhi against his old squad. It would be a very interesting matchup. I mean, you got to give advantage to the Clippers there. Kawhi knows the team, he knows the offense, but they don't know. He knows the one team. Player. Can Kawhi communicate that to his players? That's he true. You see like, the you see the video of him walking in with the iPad. Yeah, <laughs> he's just looking at nothing. the home screen. He's just doing nothing. <laughs> Boardman gets paid. That's probably what it says. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. I don't know. I How think. Many I think you have Tom. You know. Sorry. Celtics. Uh, Celtics. Clippers. How many games for the Celtics? Well, I said seven. Oh, sorry. Seven. Okay. So we Celtics all win or lose in seven. Win. Win in seven. Wow. I will say this though. If they the Blazers well get the past, if the Blazers get past the um, the Lakers. It's that's an intriguing pick, and my others, my other dark horse pick, are the Nugs. I think if the Blazers get past the Lakers, put it in Sharpie there in the Western Conference Finals. Oh, yeah. I agree. They'll definitely be. I I agree with that. But the Clippers are obviously the team, and Denver is going to play them round two. That would be the big upset. That's the you know that's the tough game for them. But if Michael Porter Jr. can play at an elite level with Jokic and Murray, and those three can be like a Really, really good trio. Um, I love, you know, I love Jeremy Grant. I, you know, I love, you know, they, they've, let's, let's remember, they're without Will Barton and Gary Harris, two really good players. Yeah. Right now. So they'd be getting those players back and they'd have similar depth. Tory Craig, a really good defender. They'd have similar depth. Plumlee's a good backup center. They'd have similar depth to the Clippers. Well, that's like why this year, this year and next year is really so important for the Nuggets to really make a leap forward because. It, one, they they aren't going to be able to bring those guys back. They have Millsap too. One when well, Millsap's going to go. He's a lot of money. I know, but they're already well over the cap. 
I'm pretty sure even losing Millsap doesn't bring them under the cap. Uh, if it does, it's very minimal. But they're gonna have to figure. They, and then when they when Harris and Barton leave, they're gonna that money's gonna go to Michael Porter, or you know any other ancillary pieces they have. But that this team is uniquely deep and talented this year and this year well, Jamal only. Jamal Murray already got paid. Yeah, got Jamal five. Murray and Jokic have gotten paid. No one else has gotten paid. None of the young core, up and coming core. Yeah. So. And Porter Jr. is gonna absolutely be a, a full. But he's Max. got he's got what he's got three years left. Uh, two, two. Um, so yeah, yeah. But or maybe three. I don't know. Whatever. We have one thing to talk about in baseball. Baseball's been baseball, you know. It's dog days of summer, even if it's not really the middle of the season. But um, we <laughs> last night, uh, Tatis Jr. On the Padres, three zero pitch. They're up what nine runs at this point. Hit the grand three. slam. Ten three. Ten three. Yeah, they're up. They're up ten three. They're up seven runs. Three zero pitch. Swings. Grand slam. A lot of people are upset about this, and to those people, I say go fuck yourself, because it's winning. It doesn't matter if you win by one run. Doesn't matter if you win by twenty three runs. You win, and it's kind of bullshit that they're giving this young kid who's out there just raking. It was his second home run of the game. He's hit like 11 this year. They're giving this kid crap because he swung on a 3-0 pitch. It's like, hey, guess what? He's better at baseball than you. You don't want home runs hit off you when you're down seven runs? Throw better pitches. Yeah, it's 3-0. Yeah, maybe a lot of guys don't swing. He's probably a guy who has the green light to swing whenever he damn well pleases. So it, I don't, I don't have a problem with it all. I have a problem with all the people – coming at him, and I have a big, big, big problem with him apologizing for it. I think that's some weak-ass bullshit. I, I hate that. Well, there's context to so the reason why he did apologize, because his, his his manager pretty much threw him under the bus. His manager said he was so Which sad. I also hate. Sign. I what? hate that even more. I hate that even more. Yeah, but so I get why Tatis... If, Tat, if, if his manager didn't say that publicly, I'd say there's no reason at all for him to... But he kind of needs to look like he's in the good light, like, with the team, and he's not just being a rebel. I completely agree with everything you said. Very well said. It's cold, total bullshit. If you don't – don't be down 10-3 then. Don't bl- have the bases loaded. Throw a better – Jeff Passan said this. If you don't want someone to swing on a 3-0 pitch, throw a good 3-0 pitch. From the Mr. Baseball nerd himself. I mean, I just love Jeff Passan so much more after that. Trevor Bauer. Four things. He's tweeted this. Trevor Bauer's incredible. He's just truly I love, incredible. I love him on Twitter. I love him, too. One, keep swinging 3-0 if you... He goes, hey, uh, Tatis Jr., listen up. Keep One, keep swinging 3-0 if you want want to, no matter the situation the game is. Hell yeah. Two, keep hitting homers no matter what the situation is. Who doesn't love dingers? Three, keep bringing energy and flash to baseball and making it fun. Four, the only thing you did wrong was apologize. Stop that, to, to your point, Tom. I mean, I kind of love that, too. It, and it's like it's coming like, from a pitcher too. Coming from a pitcher, when I read that, I was like, "Oh no, Trevor Bauer's coming in." That and it's just good to see like players supporting players. Like in regards, to, you know, there's this whole player versus you know, you know, players and the union. And now like there's some unification with the players. And like Trevor Bauer's a guy like who's been wronged by his organization. He's been shipped out of town. Who hasn't been supported. Like, and yes, he's got a big mouth, but he's just continuing to stick by his guns and say, hey, you did nothing wrong because I'm sure a guy like Tatis Jr. is very confused right now. Did I do something wrong? Do I feel bad? Do I mean my apology? Like, his head's probably going crazy right now. Like, fuck everyone that's that said that's bullshit. Like, you are... I don't know what Michael K. said. I didn't listen today. You're but, a loser. Like, you're a loser. You're a you are. Like, this is 2020. Like, like you're, you're this L7 is... You know, the same shit. Ken Griffey had the same shit. Like, they said like your son plays with too much flair, and he's like, my my son loves to loves the game. And he loves to play it his way. That's what Tatis Jr. is. He's gonna. This isn't a Yasiel Puig. You know, that's the difference between Yasiel Puig being straight up disrespectful with things he does. This isn't you know trying to start fights. This is literally just like he hasn't been paid yet. This is the thing. Like he's gonna get paid by his production. Like he's like he hasn't had a contract. He's not worth four hundred million like Trout or whatever. Like. You're producing and playing for your money. Like, I don't know how much to say. Like, you want you want to t- take out of my pockets? Like, that's a homer and four four more RBIs. Like, you don't want me to take that? 
I mean, I just like you said the the, the apologies and on um, Chris Woodward, the other the other blow me dude, Chris Woodward. Oh, I didn't like that. Yeah, dude, yeah. your team fucking sucks. Rangers I mean, suck. People thought yeah. the Rangers were gonna be good. No, they suck. Top 10 list of guys who's going to get fired and you're never going to hear about again coming in at number two is Chris Woodward. Ex-Met. I used to like him when he played. Fuck him now. There's uh, Simply put, having the opinion, having any negative opinion towards what Tatis Jr. did is an indefensible, unarguable point. There is no way you can say it, it is in any way negative. And... Uh, I think it was Rosen, not Rosenthal, uh, Joel Sherman brought up a great point where it doesn't, you might think, oh, it's 10-3 in the eighth inning. Like, okay, that's a seven-run lead. But now you go to the next inning and all of a sudden two men get on, a bloop and a blast. All of a sudden it's 10-6 or 10-7. And then you have to warm up your closer and your eighth inning guy. And then that makes them unavailable for the next day, possibly, when you might actually need them more in a one-run yeah. game. Everything has an effect. There's no—you can't—I don't care I'm if it's a, a seven-run lead. I'm a Mets fan. I've seen it. I've seen—I've yeah. literally blown five, six, seven-run leads with Diaz. Like, we've blown these, like, seven It runs almost happened the other night. They were up 11-2, and they, and they gave up four or five runs, right? Uh, not quite. It was, it was 11, it ended up being 11, four, but there were men on, but, but to your, but to your point though, if it's, you know, if it's a seven run lead and then, you know, a bloop and a blast, a walk, a bloop and a blast, that's three runs. You give up a hit, then, you know, it's a, it's a safe situation. All of a sudden, I mean, there's the guy who's going to be two runs away from tying the game is on deck. Yeah. And you're going to have, like you said, you're just, you're going to be getting your guy up regardless for insurance. Cause you're like, I need to get someone in, you know, usually you put a bum in to, to close maybe, it to get him. You give just, up, you give up three runs. You give up a three-run home run in that situation, and then a hit or a walk. The guy now yeah. in the batter's box is l- literally now a save situation. Now I will say this: as much as I agree with what we're saying, if it's fourteen to zero, I may feel a little bit different. I may feel a little bit different. I may, I may, I may get the other argument. I, I may not agree with it, but I get the argument. Fourteen to zero, the game's over. I still agree with what I was like, what we were all saying about like, you know, like you're hitting, you're hitting 14, nothing is a little more demoralizing and it's, and it's games completely over regardless, rather than a four, rather than a 10, three game, which is still very much a game as much as people don't want to believe it. So, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a demoralized, you know, 10, three is like, like we're saying it's, you're still blooping a blast away from, from being back in it. So to me, hitting a baseball is too hard to do no matter what for it to be for that to be at even at 14 nothing for that to be out of line to me you know how i feel about running up the score i don't i virtually yeah, no, don't I feel like it's, it's a line, thing but I, I get i get the argument at 14 to 0 i'd say correct okay. to, i'd say to me to me something you don't do in that situation is when Steel. there's there's 5 seconds on the clock in a basketball game and you do a windmill dunk while the other team who's down 20 isn't even looking like yeah. that to me is bush league, but yes. running it in up three touchdowns with a minute left, stop them, shut the fuck up and stop them. And the same thing yeah. here, it's too hard to hit a baseball at any level for you to tell me that it's it's. What about stealing okay. bases up like ten runs? Yeah, and you're not stealing bases up ten runs when no one's even checking the bag. You know what I mean? Like it, it's something that you do when the team is already clearly given up to me and that's that's when it becomes bush league but if we're talking about that situation even up 14 nothing if you're fucking playing play i don't i don't believe in running up the score in 99 out of 100 instances also you should probably just walk tatis jr walk in the run because he's up he's uh, yeah exactly (laughs) just walk him in yeah Yeah. it's like aaron judge aaron judge 3-0 base loaded i'm walking in a run i'm sorry yeah yeah you're better off yeah, even if he off. rips a single or a double to the gap, your three runs you are run, scoring right? anyways. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that is uh, going to do it for this week's episode. We uh, will be back next week. In the meantime, go uh, rate the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, um, follow us on the socials at Bleacher Fan and at Bleacher Banter, and go to BleacherFan.com and check out the store. Tons of great merch in there, team-centric merch. we got some Trastros. 
with the asterisk. We've got everything, a bunch of Astro shitting on them merch. We love that because we all hate the Astros. We can all agree on Everyone that. Everyone does here. Everyone hates the Astros. Everyone hates um, <laughs> And we got a ton of Bleacher Fan merch in there. We all have it. It's super comfortable, super high quality. So go check that out. Support us so we can keep doing this for you. And until then, uh, stay safe and enjoy the sports.